Well, good morning. It's great to see all of you here. There's just a few things that I need to let you know. First of all, if it's your first time with us, welcome. It's great to have you here. And we want you to know that Northridge is a safe place. It's a place where you can come and ask questions. It's a place where you can come and connect with other people. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with the Lord your entire life, if you've maybe just started this journey with Jesus, or if you're still questioning if God and the Bible are even worth believing in. No matter where you're at on the spectrum, this is a safe place for you to come and to grow and to meet other people. The other thing you need to know is maybe who I am. Some of you may recognize my face, but you're not quite sure who I am. My name is Chris Bickett, and I am the children's pastor. I take over all of the student ministries here at the church. And so today I just get the privilege and opportunity to speak with you as we're wrapping up our breakthrough series. And this week we are finishing with ceilings. So I have a quick question for you. I want you to think back to what the ceiling of your childhood bedroom looked like. Oh, I know, for some of us, not that far. For some of us, a long time ago. Childhood bedroom ceiling. Think about what that looks like. What I remember from my childhood ceiling was that I couldn't put posters on it like my friends. It's crucial. It was devastating. It obviously scarred me for life. But I had the ceiling that had the popcorn on it, you know, so if you touched it, it would fall off. And we also had radiant heat in the ceiling, so we weren't allowed to put any thumbtacks or nails or anything sharp up in the ceiling. It had to all be on the walls. And the other thing I can remember about my ceiling is even as a child, which I've been this height since about eighth grade, so, you know, give or take what it is, I could jump up and actually touch my ceiling, thus knowing about the popcorn falling off, which seems like quite the amazing feat until you realize that my childhood home was built when I was two years old. And at that time, the standard ceiling height was 7 foot 9 inches. Pretty low by today's standards. Today's average ceiling height is 9 feet tall. Some of them go up to 14 feet, if you can imagine that. So the fact that I could jump up and touch my ceiling was pretty impressive then. Not quite sure I could do it today if we had today's standards going in. But the thing that we need to talk about is not only do we have ceilings in our homes but they also impact other areas. You see, with our homes, we keep raising the ceiling height so we can increase the open feel so that we can feel comfortable but have increased design options or intrigue in different areas besides simply our furnishings. But what happens when we start looking at ceilings in our lives? Because the truth of the matter is, just as much as we have a ceiling in our bedroom or any other room in our house... We have ceilings in our lives that we have to deal with. And so we're going to start talking about that today. How high is your faith ceiling? That's a question that when we start getting into that, a lot of us kind of go, um, how about those Packers today? Right? It's something we don't necessarily want to talk about. When we start asking, where's your relationship with God? How high is your ceiling? Can you just kind of reach up and touch it? Or do you have to like look up cathedral height ceiling? How big is your challenge? What are you going for in life? It makes us a little bit uncomfortable. And if I'm honest with you, a lot of times I kind of feel like what you're going to watch in this video with my faith life. Take a look. These athletes really have to respect every obstacle. All it takes is just one slip up. You don't have to wait till next year. 
American Ninja Warrior. How many of you ever feel like that? I don't know about you, but watching him slam those walls and hit the water and just get frustrated, a lot of times that's what I feel like when it comes to my walk with God. But let me tell you, as much as I love American Ninja Warrior and the effort that they put into competing, into training, into challenging, somehow I feel like that doesn't always transfer over to my personal faith life. You know, we take steps in the right direction, and we try, and we fail. And then maybe we try again, and we slip. Or we slam into a really hard wall. Even if it's covered with padding, it's a wall, and we fall down again. You see, I'm convinced as humans that we set our faith ceilings low because we have tried and failed. Because we've tried maybe once or ten times or fifty times and we continuously fail. It feels like we're not getting anywhere. And the truth is we set them low so that if we do happen to try again, if you're like me, The lower the ceiling is, if I do fail, I don't have very far to fall. It doesn't hurt quite as bad. There's a second aspect of this video that I want us to relate to our faith lives as well. You see, every participant that runs these challenges, if you noticed when they were failing, they weren't going half-hearted. They were giving it all that they had. Every single challenge they go through on that obstacle course, they give 120%. And often when they do fail, it's because they have already given all of their energy to the previous challenges before that. So they fail. And then they have to stop and think, I've devoted all of my time, and I've devoted all of this training, and I have made it a priority in my life, and I failed. Is it worth it? And I think sometimes with our faith walk, we ask the exact same question. I've tried, I've committed, I've failed. Is it worth it? The answer to both of those scenarios, I think, I know, is yes. Absolutely it's worth it, without a doubt. The question becomes, how do we continue to keep trying? Because you see, as a follower of Christ... It's important that we keep trying. The Bible tells us a lot about the disciples. That's one of the benefits we get having not walked the earth with Jesus in the flesh, is we get to look back on history and see what they did, how they made mistakes, how they learned from them, and how we can apply them in our lives. The story that we're going to look at today involves disciples named Peter and John. And this has happened after Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected. And so Peter and John have been going out and continuing to teach as they did when Jesus was alive. They're performing miracles in Jesus' name because that is where their power is coming from after Jesus has died. And now they have done a healing, and they're in front of a group of men, a council of men, that are important within society, and they're being interrogated about their faith and what they've been doing. So let's look at this verse. It comes from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 13, and it tells us this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. 
I don't know about you, but I love this verse. I love it. When I came across it, I said, okay, God, this is the one you have for us. Because it is short, it is simple, and we often read it and skip on past it. And today we're going to stop and really look at it because I think it's important for us. The first thing that you need to notice here is that the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And that's our first takeaway today for our faith, is having boldness. Because you see, Peter and John were ordinary men. It tells us that. They had no special training. The men that they were in front of had lived and breathed, their entire lives. And so they thought they knew everything. They thought they were special. They thought they were important. And yet here are Peter and John, two ordinary men, teaching about Jesus and changing lives and healing people. The council was not impressed. In fact, they were worried because people were starting to listen and they were starting to follow. And here's the second thing we need to realize. We need to get the glowing image of these disciples being superhuman because they walked with Jesus out of our minds. They weren't superhuman. In fact, this Peter that had healed this man had denied Christ three times before he was killed. You want to talk about failures? Pretty significant. For Peter to be able to say, I denied him three times, that I didn't even know him after living with him daily for three years, knowing his strength and his power. Nope, I don't know who this man is. And yet after Jesus is resurrected, he is now out teaching again. You see, when we keep trying, it's worth it. To be bold in our faith, honestly, I think one of the biggest obstacles we have to overcome is ourself. I think it's true for each and every one of us. We put our ceilings low when it comes to our faith and believing and trusting in God. Because if it's low, then I can achieve it. If it's low, if I happen to pray today, I'm good. If it's low, I can come to church, and that's my spiritual growth for the week, and I'm good. But low ceilings limit us. I don't know about you, but I know for myself, when I set the ceiling low... I limit what God can do because I don't give him the opportunity to do something bigger and better because I'm afraid that maybe I'm not good enough. I'm afraid that, you know what, I've tried and failed in the past, so I'm not going to try again. I'm worried that, you know what, God, there's somebody else with more training and better execution and more skills that can do it than I can. Find that person. They can do it. And I think if you're honest you might identify with some of those insecurities that I have yourself. So when we set our ceiling low, we use these excuses, and we say, God, I'm an ordinary person. Leave me out of the picture. It disqualifies me. You need someone special and trained. And God says, nope. You are exactly what I want and need. You, as long as you are willing and available to be used by me, is exactly what I need. And let me take the pressure off of you. Your responsibility as a Christ follower is to say yes to God when he asks you in the moment. It's not anything other than that. Whether it's a big ask or a small ask, it's your willingness to be able to say, yes, God, I will be used by you. 
I will do what you're asking me instead of shutting ourselves down and keeping our ceilings low. The second important takeaway that we need to realize is that the disciples were recognized as men who had been with Jesus. You see, it doesn't say that they were recognized because they had degrees. It doesn't say they were recognized because they were important societal figures and had done impressive things. It said they were recognized as having been with Jesus. That's good news for us because we can be with Jesus as well. You see, in order to be recognized by something, there had to be something that identified them, something that linked them with Jesus, because we don't get recognized for unknown things. In fact, just the other day at work, I had somebody say to me, you're not from Wisconsin, are you? And I said, no, actually, I grew up in Wyoming. Why is that? Because I knew it. As soon as you said the word insurance, I knew you weren't from Wisconsin. I was like, how I say the word insurance. But it's just like anything. Depending on what region we're from, we say things differently. It identifies us. Those of you wearing a certain brand of clothing right now with a certain team's name on it, it identifies you. What you say, where you go, identifies us. I'm willing to bet that those of you that have children in school or activities, other people could look at your car and tell you where they go without you saying a word to them, right? These things identify us. It lets us be recognized. We're a part of a group, and our allegiance shows. So the hard question is, what in your life identifies you as a Christ follower if you are one? What in your life would allow somebody else to say, this person believes in Jesus? It could be something small, and it could be something large. I'm not talking about going out and holding the going to hell signs or wearing the got Jesus t-shirts. What in your normal everyday life identifies you as a Christ follower? You see, time spent with Jesus changes us for the better, and it gets noticed. Sometimes it's big changes that we need to make, like habits in our lifestyles, places we go and spend our time, what we spend our money on, what we talk about. Sometimes it's small things, little things. Like one of the things God asked me a long time ago was to start cutting out cuss words in my language. Pretty insignificant thing. And honestly, it was difficult at the time he asked me to do it. But I kept trying, and eventually it got to the point where they weren't part of my everyday language. Not a big deal. And it's been long enough that I don't even think about it anymore. But recently at work, I had a coworker out of the blue, kind of as a side note, say to me, you know what? I don't think I've ever heard you cuss, except maybe once, and I don't think you realized you did it. And I was like, hmm, not sure that's a good thing, but hey. <laughs> and in that moment, I had to stop and realize, okay, my words and my actions are speaking loudly right now. They know that I believe in God. They know I'm a pastor because I've told them that. But we don't ever talk about anything outside of work in normal conversation. And so for this person to bring up the fact of my language was kind of a surprise to me. But then this person also said, you know what? Maybe you can hold me accountable for my language, and I'll hold you accountable for your caffeine intake. And I went, yeah, we'll see about that one. (laughs) But it's small changes, 
It doesn't have to be large, earth-shattering. If I wouldn't have changed my language, God wouldn't have been like, done, not coming to heaven, have a good day. Small changes can make big impacts. Big changes make even bigger impacts. We are identified and recognized by our words and our actions and our lifestyles. We need to be aware of what we are doing. You see, if we aren't changing, we're not growing. And sometimes we forget that. It's easy to stay in our comfort zone and to do the things we always do. But if we do the things we always do, we're not growing. We're not getting better. We're not, most importantly, getting closer to God. And that's what he wants with us, is a relationship with him. We've learned through this series a lot of great things. We've learned that we need to look at our habits and addictions, things that are keeping us away from God because we're using them as band-aids to fill a void that only God can fill. We've learned that we need to be intentional about our daily habits, whether it's praying or reading the Bible or listening to worship music, because being intentional and making a change is the only way we will change. And I recently read a quote that emphasized the whole intention mindset. And so it's talking about the fact that we can have intentions, but if there's no action with our intentions, we get the exact same result as never having thought about it. And then it ended with this quote. Have you ever considered how often we judge ourselves by our intentions while we judge other people by their actions? Oh, let me tell you, that was a sucker punch for me. Because I live in the land of intention a lot. It's a fun, happy, safe place for me in my mind because I think tomorrow I'm going to get up earlier. Tomorrow I'm going to start working out. Tomorrow I'm going to do this. And it's a great place until I go to bed and realize I never left the land of intention. I never took a step into the life of action. And so it stays in my head and I stay the same and nothing has changed. We can only grow and improve when we get out of our heads and our intentions and step into a life that includes action. My intentions do not allow other people to recognize me as a Christ follower. My intentions do not allow me to be bold in my faith with my words and my actions and my lifestyle. And if you're like me and you struggle with this, if you have a great happy place in your head, this is a wonderful verse to memorize. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He has given us one of power, love, and self-discipline. And that, friends, is amazing. You see, God sets us up for a win when we choose to believe in him. He sets us up for the ultimate win because no matter how many times we fail, when we put our faith and our trust in God and believe in him, we get eternity with him. Life on earth here may be hard. We may hit walls. We may fall in the water. We may trip. We may fail 50 to 100 times. But as long as we get back up and keep trying, the end goal of life with God for eternity is worth it. It's better than any chocolate you will ever eat here on earth. You see, fear and timidity 
will either bind us, keep us in our negativity cycles that we want to break out of and that we absolutely hate, will keep us tied up and afraid, or we can use it to grow us. When we attack it with boldness, when we challenge ourselves, when we look ahead, we can continue to grow. You see, all of those American Ninja Warriors that you saw fail went on and trained more, worked harder, and kept going. And eventually they had successes. Not all of these are going to be the same people that we're going to watch, but I want you to watch this stretch of people that had success at a challenge from American Ninja Warrior. Watch this. We're going to relive the amazing runs that broke barriers, broke obstacles, and took our breath away. And it all started with Venice Beach qualifying. Well, he looks hung up, the legs shaking. At this point, engage your core and start moving forward. Looks like he's going through a massive earthquake there. Robert Ng is psyching himself out right now. This is what you call paralysis by analysis. At some point, you just have to go. Still manages to keep his balance, takes a step, hands cannot touch or he's done. A great save by Ng. Leap! Borowski with a long wingspan at 6'3", steady on the transition, but at 205 pounds, this second ladder is going to be a test. Uh-oh, get that momentum going here. He's tiring out. He is tiring out. He's got to get that thing tilted. Those hands. He's fighting for Barely it. holding on. He's got it. Look at the intensity of Borowski's face. You hold those hands, but watch your feet there, big buddy. Uh-oh. Oh, that's it. <laughs> She's gonna have to leave here. Yeah, this transition is hard. Oh, my She's hanging on for dear life. How she has the strength, I do not know. But Cavazzaro refuses to quit on this course. Man, this girl is not human. She's not human. There's a jump. Look at the lead. There's a jump. She's got it. One more pull to go. Oh, my goodness, man. She's done it. Oh, my goodness. Casey Cattanzaro has done it. Oh, look at this. A new approach. Getting both legs over. Is he going to go inverted? Wow. I like it. Thinking outside the box, and sometimes it takes a rookie to do that. Look at this! Oh. He's hanging upside down. I love it. Oh, oh, oh. He's gonna go. This is upside down and down. Oh, the first thing the cannonball. Oh man! The fastest time is on the line, and Morosky. Oh, unbelievable! Oh. He broke the rumbling dice, and Morosky is hung up. Not sure what he's gonna do here. And the dice on even, he goes for the dismount and he made it! Incredibly! He pulled the dice off the track but saves it!
Oh, friends, that is what the Christian life is like. When we go full and bold and wholehearted into it, that is what it is like. There are challenges, there are difficulties, but when we keep trying, it is so exciting and it is so worth it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you get hung up by paralysis by analysis. Take the next step forward. It doesn't matter if you're stuck and the piece of equipment or your life looks like it's coming off of the rails. Jump. Go for it. Try for the safe landing. Doesn't matter if you're stuck in a wall and you're trying to scoot across and you know there's a big pit below you. Keep trying. Because the truth of the matter is, every time we try, we get stronger. Every time we fail, we get stronger. Because every time we fail, it's another step towards success. We know not, not what not to do, but we also know how to try to change it for the better. You see the crowd that was cheering and how excited they were for everybody? That is what we need to be like as fellow believers. That is our job to cheer and encourage other people on. When somebody comes to us and asks a question about Jesus because they're wondering, yes. When somebody accepts Jesus as their Savior, absolutely yes. And those announcers, did you see and hear how excited they were? They're jumping up and down as each person. They're cheering and they're encouraging and they're saying, you go, girl, you got it. Stick with it, bud. Let's go. That, my friends, is God. Get the image out of your mind that God is hellfire and he's against you and will strike you down for anything you do wrong. That is not our God. Our God is one of love and faith and encouragement, and he's saying to you, get on that challenge course and try it again. I'm with you. Get out of that water pit. Train again. Try it. I'm with you. Every success you make, he is cheering you on and he is saying, you go. I believe in you. Keep going. Because our ultimate end goal is heaven with God. He's cheering us on and he's saying this life on earth encourage as many people as you can to come with us because it is worth a life living for Christ. So, The American Ninja Warriors know how to train. They know how to hit it hard. What do we do as Christ followers? Because some of us are going, you know what? I've tried, and I've failed. I'm done. Just done. Let me give you some very basic, simple ideas. Some of you are probably already doing some of these, and some of them may be new. But let's go through a few ideas. Lend a helping hand. It's as simple as that. When somebody needs help, Go out of your way to help them. When it's not comfortable or easy for you or it's not a priority, do it. People notice when you make that sacrifice for them. Maybe you need to provide a listening and compassionate ear. Don't provide answers. Just listen. Maybe you need to forgive someone or ask for forgiveness yourself. Maybe you need to begin to change negative thoughts or negative language and start focusing on the positive Maybe you need to just do what is right simply because it's right. Not because you're going to get recognition. Not because of any other reason than it's right. Maybe you need to look for some way to encourage someone. Words, letters, hug, handshake, simple. 
Let's get a little bit bolder here. Maybe you need to invite someone to church. I know for a lot of us, myself included, and I'm a pastor, inviting someone to church can be scary. You're not sure what they're going to think about you, how they're going to respond, if they're going to think you're that Jesus freak in the office. It's okay. If you live it, that is the best thing you can do. Your invitation to them is up to God if they accept it or not. You just have to invite. And you know what? The one that says yes is worth it. Maybe, if we're being bold, we need to pray for someone. We know they're going through something, or we see something happening to them. We just need to pray for them. Or raise it up a notch. We need to go pray with them. That's difficult. But when we take little steps and keep trying, we can work to it. Maybe, when we're getting really bold, in normal everyday conversation, you can share about your faith in God. Pick one thing that he's done in your life that has changed you for the better. Because people can't argue with your life story. That's the greatest evidence you have is how God has worked in your life. Maybe you need to let a friend know that God is a solution for their problem. We get all kinds of different answers and responses from God. He always works for our good, and it may not be in ways that we like or appreciate, but he always works for our good. And the only way that people are going to know that God is working for them is if they know that God is personable and real. And that comes from you. Do you want to know the best news? While we can limit things by our own faith ceiling levels and our human standards, God's ceiling is limitless. It is truly limitless. Ask him what he's challenging you to do. Ask him where he's asking you to step out beyond human standards and expectations. Where can you say yes to God so that he can work through you so that other people can hear about the hope of Christ? It's important that we do that. Keep trying. Your challenge this week is to pick one thing or one area that you can be bold or you can be recognized as a Christ follower. Small or big, pick one. It's your challenge. Go Ninja Warrior this week. And I would love to hear your results. Doesn't matter if it's success or failure, because that's success as well. Let us know your results, what you did, how it worked out for you. And we will be here to encourage and to cheer you on. Some of you may have already accepted Christ and you're just kind of sitting in the comfort zone. I challenge you to get out of it. You know what God's asking you to do. Some of you may not have accepted Christ yet and you're getting that little pit in the filling of your stomach that's making you a little bit uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you today, go for it. Make today the day that you're bold and decide that you want to become a Christ follower. It's easy to do. It's worth it. We'll pray in a few minutes, and if you're going to make the decision today to follow Christ, I'll ask you to pray a prayer with me, and it's easy to do. 
And then when you're done, just write on your connect card that I choose to follow or made the decision or bold today or something or get in contact with Pastor Brent or myself or someone that you know is a strong believer and share it with them because we are a crowd of encouragers. Don't walk it alone. That's not how we were made to do life. Encourage you to tell somebody. So the worship team is going to come up and we're going to pray. Take the moment right now to decide if you're going to be bold or if you're going to choose to stay in your comfort zone. Will you please bow your heads? Father, we just thank you that as we sang this morning, you are a good, good father. You have what's best in store for us. You love us. You cheer us and encourage us on, and you get wicked excited when we are just brave for you. So, Father, I pray this morning for those that have already made the decision that you would just reignite that fight in them, that burning desire to be bold for you, to be recognized as your follower. Father, I pray for those that are just going through rough times right now, and they're like, you know, it's so hard. I'm just not sure I want to do it. Just wrap them in your hands of comfort and peace right now, Father, and hold them. Remind them that you're still with them, walking through the difficulties, and it's okay to get up and try again, that you're still right there. And Father, for those that have never accepted you, I just pray that today is the day they make that bold, courageous choice to do so. If you want to make that decision today, just please pray with me. We just need to say, Father, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, meaning I do things that keep me away from you. I recognize and believe that you died on the cross for the sins of me and for every person. I recognize that your crucifixion, your bloodshed, and your resurrection My belief in you doing that for me is what gets me into heaven and nothing else. I believe in you and I want to commit my life to you today. Please help me and guide me. Please show me the way to you. Father, we just pray for all of us no matter where we are in this journey with you, that you would take us to that next step, that we would raise our faith ceiling a little bit higher and continue to reach and grow towards you. Help us to continue changing and growing. We thank you so much that you love us. We thank you that you're good. And we thank you that you have the best in store for us. We pray, Father, that you help us to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.